You are now listening to the smooth, mellifluous sounds of Red's Room Podcast. Enjoy. Welcome to episode number 28 of the Red's Room Podcast. I'm your host, Red. And I'm your co-host, Jake. And today we are talking about the war on drugs. Fuck yeah. As always, our references are in the episode description. Please look them up and see all the articles I rip all this stuff off of that I read. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, for those unfamiliar, I'm going to read a couple paragraphs here that give you an introduction to what the war on drugs is. So, the war on drugs is the policy of a global campaign led by the United States federal government of drug prohibition military aid, and military intervention with the aim of reducing the illegal drug trade in the United States. The initiative includes a set of drug policies that are intended to discourage the production, distribution, and consumption of psychoactive drugs that the participating governments in the United Nations have made illegal. The term was coined by President Richard Nixon and popularized by the media shortly after a uh, press conference given on June 18, 1971. The day after publication of a special message from President Nixon to the Congress on Drug Abuse Prevention and Control, during which he declared drug abuse public enemy number one. Yep. I think of the song every time I read that. So uh, that message to the Congress included text about devoting more federal resources to the prevention of new addicts and the rehabilitation of those who are addicted. But that part did not receive the same public attention as the term war on drugs. Two years prior to this, Nixon had formally declared a war on drugs that would be directed toward eradication uh, interdiction and incarceration. In 2015, the Drug Policy Alliance, which advocates for the end of the war on drugs, estimated that the United States spends $51 billion annually on these initiatives. And in 2021, after 50 years of the drug war, others have estimated that the U.S. has spent a cumulative $1 trillion on it. Mm-hmm. So in a nutshell... That's the war on drugs. I wrote that same thing down that we have just, the the United States government has just spent a shit load of money on this quote unquote war on drugs. And we're going to get into it over time, but man, a lot of, a lot of wasted money and fucking just time on this whole quote-unquote war on drugs. Man, it's it's definitely fattened so many politicians' wallets. Oh, 100%. The amount of money being fucking tossed around. Dude, in 50 years, I'd be surprised if they've only spent $1 trillion. You think it's more than that? I would not be surprised if it was more than that. What are we, like, the national United States debt is, what, we're at, like, around $20 trillion or whatever? Uh, I think you're correct. Yeah, Fucking something like that. Even just one trillion of that to stop just your average Joe from getting a couple puffs in of whatever he likes. It's it's 
it's fucking crazy, man. It's insane. It's insane. So in um in respect, we're gonna smoke these stogies. <laughs> yeah. Couple cigars. And drink some beer. Yeah. The the good old um legal American yeah. drugs. Yeah, we're we're going full on legal. <laughs> uh maybe when our state decides to make weed legal where we'll smoke a we'll smoke a spliff or a full on joint or something for y'all, but Oh, what's that like? I've never had marijuana. <laughs> yeah, I'm no, I'm, I don't even know what the fuck that is, man. I don't even know what it smells like. I'd be honest. Uh, yeah, no, when it's legal, yeah, definitely. Hey, if uh, if psychedelics get legal, I would be down to do one on shrooms. <laughs> oh, my God. Didn't uh, I think Joe and Ari and Eddie and Joey did a uh, an acid or a shroom podcast one time? I think they've done a couple, but uh-huh. he did one with... Um, post malone on shrooms were they on shrooms i think so i could see it uh man i i don't know how well i'd function i'd probably be trying to talk to god or something <laughs> yeah i don't know uh, if that would be a great <laughs> podcast oh this is a great intro to the war on drugs fuck yeah so you guys ready for a little more background here let's fucking do it man this one goes deep i'm just fueling up okay so we started off with nixon here and, and now we're going to progress. We're going to... Yeah, we're going to talk about the next big dog here, Reagan. So, in 1973, the Drug Enforcement Administration was created to replace the Bureau of Narcotics and Dangerous Drugs. The Nixon administration also repealed the f- uh, the federal two- to ten-year mandatory minimum sentences for possession of marijuana and started federal demand reduction programs and drug treatment programs. Robert DuPont, I thought it was interesting DuPont came up again because they came up in, in making marijuana. Uh huh. Yes. So, anyways, Robert DuPont, uh, the drug czar and the Nixon administration, said it would be more accurate to say that Nixon ended rather than launched the war on drugs. DuPont also argued that it was the proponents of drug legalization and popularization. Uh, uh, of drug legislation that popularized the term war on drugs. Yeah. Sorry, I butchered that for a minute. But, uh, yeah, I don't understand uh, why we're going with DuPont here. And to me, um, what he's saying here, to me, kind of reveals his intentions. If that's a way to put it. Yeah. But... uh, it seems like he's trying to make it sound like Nixon is not after drugs when, in fact, he is. Right? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which, to me, just lets you know all the more that he's totally trying to bullshit you and get them illegal. Oh. Right? Oh, of course. Um, there's a lot of... God, I almost want to say fear-mongery fucking bullshit back backdoor profits fucking oh yeah and maybe just the general almost hatred for drugs just i i don't like them you know uh there's right. been like quotes of nixon just generally not liking drugs in general which i think kind of plays a part not not just him there, there's many others but yeah you yeah. know I, I don't like drugs fuck them we're Drink as much alcohol as you want, but you can't smoke a joint. Pretty much. You can have 
all the cigars and tobacco mm-hmm. and all the booze you want, but God forbid you smoke a joint. Yeah. Enjoy your your lung and liver cancer, but you cannot enjoy a fucking just a little joint. It, we'll get into that a little more too. I mm-hmm. got I got a little more on that, but that is uh some of the mentality for sure. So Getting more into Reagan. That was just the first paragraph. Um, the presidency of Ronald Reagan saw an expansion in the federal focus of preventing drug abuse and for po- prosecuting offenders. Reagan signed the Comprehensive Crime Control Act of 1984, which expanded penalties towards possession of cannabis, established a federal system of mandatory minimum sentences, yes. and established procedures for civil assist, uh, civil asset forfeiture. From 1980 to 1984, the federal annual budget of the FBI's drug enforcement units went from $8 million to... Yeah, I have Can it you written guess? down as well. Oh, you got it. I have it. Ninety-five yeah. million. Over, they went from eight to ninety-five yeah. million. Is that not ridiculous? We're like twelve xing the amount in budget that is just going to the war on drugs. It's fucking crazy. And you know, I referenced our uh, our debt. I mean, that that's got to be a part of it, man. The war on drugs. That's a big part of of the debt of the United States. Yeah, I mean, it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we already got the military-industrial complex spending yeah. trillions, and then we're dude, and then we're spending millions every year on just making sure people don't smoke pot. In my mostly, yeah, that's like almost some of the big two of our debt is the military, the military-industrial complex, and the war on drugs. Like Which, that's got to account for at least a percentage. Hey, that's an episode we got to do. Fucking debt is uh, military industrial complex. Oh, we, for one sure. we do for sure. We've definitely talked about it, like in a bunch of our CIA episodes. We've kind yes. of referenced it a little bit, but it's definitely. I think in nine eleven episode we talked. Oh about yeah, it too. I think Northwoods we talked about it. Um, there's yeah. there's definitely a big fucking issue with the whole you know, idea. I feel like everyone knows it. Like war can be profitable, and can it? Can you can, can you make money on war? Oh, <laughs> you think? Yeah, there's. De- I thought we were just fighting terrorism. <laughs> yeah, there's there's definitely some profit to be made. Uh, like, you think we get oil or something? I don't know. <laughs> I heard a rumor in this little pea brain here. I don't fucking know, but you can definitely think. You know. Yeah this this is ri- ridiculous. How much money we're spending on stopping dopers, like. Oh my god, ninety five million. Yeah, dopers. I think in the last the, those those damn dope peddlers those dope peddling peddlers. dope. I think that's from the Reefer Madness. Yeah, movie. yeah, yeah. Those exactly. Dopers, exactly. Get those dopers. Yeah. Uh, all right, I'm gonna read another paragraph here okay. on this. Back um, on track. According to historian Elizabeth Hinton, Reagan was a strong proponent of criminalizing drug users during his presidency in the 80s. She wrote that he led. Con- cron- uh, excuse me, Congress in criminalizing drug users, especially, drumroll, African-American drug users. Yeah. Racism again. Definitely. Um, 
by concentrating and stiffening penalties for the possession of the crystalline rock form of cocaine yeah. known as crack rather than the crystallized methamphetamine that White House officials recognized was as much of a problem among low-income white Americans. Support for Reagan's crime legislation was bipartisan. According to Hinton, Democrats supported his legislation as they had uh, they had since the Johnson administration, uh, though Reagan was a Republican. Uh, so basically, everyone was on board because of racism. Definitely. It's like they they saw crack, you know. A bunch of African-American, you know, I guess you could say it was popular in that community. And it's pretty obvious kind of how you're explaining this of what is really going on here. Yes, even though crack is uh, is almost the same drug as meth. Yeah, it's just what is free based or whatever. Fucking. Yeah, I I'm not an expert on it, mm. but there is. I will tell you, there's no reason why crack was demonized more than meth and uh they're they're almost the same drug mm -hmm. if you're reading in between the lines here i guess crack was pretty dominant and it, it in just african americans so they want to pin that and it, it's just an easy pigeonhole you into this area and it's it's fucking sad but yeah it's just that's what it is yeah it's um I was surprised. I knew it was a factor, but I was surprised when we dug into this and we also dug into Reefer Madness how much racism had a part in oh, it. Oh, yeah. The, even it's, it's a big part of it. The wiki just straight up fucking says it. And there's other right. things. Like, I'll get into Stop and Frisk or other shit later, but, like, African-American, Latino-based people, like, seems like there's kind of a little bit of targeting there. Uh, and definitely definitely some targeting and it's fucking sad but we're gonna cover this topic we're gonna do it justice and that's that's really what the fuck it is and in, in at yeah. least some of the scenarios yeah definitely we're we're definitely gonna do it as much justice as we can and yeah i don't like it i don't like all the hate for the latinos i have a big part of my family's latinos and i definitely i know i don't look like it i'm irish and mexican uh, but I, I take it a little personal. I don't, I don't like how they, they describe them, especially in yeah. the reefer madness one. I, uh, you know, they, the evil Mexican evil Latino threat. Those were terms that they were using in the reefer madness. A lot of uh, marijuana stuff that, that gets over pigeoned. marijuana. Yeah. And you know, I don't have the, uh, like ethnicity that you have. I'm really just a European fuck in general but uh that's okay too but wrong with that i i definitely align with you in just a lot of this bullshit it it's very sad it, it, it's it is very sad mm -hmm. that in this day and age we are still we are still cracking down on these policies that were fueled by racism marijuana is still a schedule one narcotic it Keep that be. in your mind, folks. Yeah, it it shouldn't be. Mm -hmm. In my opinion, neither should psychedelic drugs. Oh, you're gonna 
you're going to come to my house because I found some couple shrooms underneath some cow shit. Get the fuck out right. of here, which, man. Which we'll get to that a little. And um, here, let me just read this sentence mm-hmm. and then we'll say this. Uh, I had one more sentence on this section. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Uh, John um, Ehrlich, I, Ehrlichman. I, I w- it was tough for me to pronounce that name as well. Yeah. John Ehrlichman, an aide to Nixon, said that Nixon used the war on drugs to criminalize and disrupt black, which we've already said, Mm -hmm. but here's the other one, and hippie communities and their leaders. That's where psychedelics got really fucked. So Nixon hated hippies. So, hey, like you said, white people... He hated poor white people, too. Uh, He hated hippies, too. You know, at least there was a general hatred for a wide variety of people. But it is kind of crazy, too, how, at least in my head and probably a lot of y'all's, we kind of think of hippies and psychedelics almost synonymously. I don't know if you feel the same way, but definitely, especially that 80s, that 70s, 80s era, you know, and we have everyone has heard of like fucking the one kid does too much acid and he turns into a glass of orange juice he thinks he's a fucking glass of orange juice now and it's what like, you've never heard that no i never heard that one. Oh, it's out there it's out. there's definitely a few people listening yeah. that have heard of that but uh i just think of like trippy rainbow tapestries and oh tap with hippies oh, and i just think of rock music i think of hendrix just exactly annihilating the guitar yeah and yeah which, by the way, there was some influence in that on this pyramid with the rainbow pyramid. Mm. So, I mean, yeah. Uh, so a lot of hate. Nixon hated hippies. I I think a lot of that, though, was because of the protest of the Vietnam War. Oh, uh, uh, make love, not war. Fucking I, that whole movement. I think that is where hippies got targeted oh yeah and that just the whole vietnam like that was a big l for the united states just in general right right you know (coughs) yeah i think that's where they really got thrown in and targeted and now um they hate hippies just like they hate um african americans they threw them in the same category and yeah yeah, exactly. Uh, pile them in, get get them into one category, label them, and yeah. it's a lot easier to get whatever motive, get whatever said people's goals done. And labeling people and putting them in a box and showing how bad it is and how right, fucking right. terrible these drugs are is it's it's a pretty easy way to do it. And I mean, they got it done. They yeah. did it to them. Hey. You don't want to support war? You you don't want to get drunk and support war with all of us? And you want to smoke weed and be peaceable? Like, yeah, it's ridiculous. It's almost like they look at it as like a threat. I think they do. Um, personally, I think they do. I uh, think they do look at it as a threat. You know, yeah, I can't confirm that, but just in my head and in your head as well, it, that's what it kind of seems like. It is kind of a threat to the American way. Yes, uh, it kind of is. Yeah. It shouldn't be. It shouldn't. It should not be. Um, I'm going to go into this next part. Uh, All right. Back 20, on track here. Yeah. 21st century. Uh, in the early 21st century, the war on drugs uh, began referring uh, to... Began to be referred began to. Began to be referred to, yeah, as um, the new Jim Crow. 
This mentality was further popularized by lawyer and civil rights advocate uh, Michelle. Is that Michelle or Michael? I never know. Um, Alexander. Michelle. Uh, who wrote The New Jim Crow, Mass Incarceration in the Age of Colorblindness in 2010. So this is recent. Yeah, much more recent. Um, At the turn of the century, incarceration rates in the United States disproportionately consisted of African-American men. According to an article from the American Civil Liberties Union in two... Union, period... uh, in 2001, the number of black men in prison um, had already equaled the number of men enslaved in 1820. Mm-hmm. With the current momentum of the drug war fueling an ever-expanding prison industrial complex, if current trends continue, only 15 years remain before the United States incarcerates as many African-American men as were forced into ca- uh, chat chattel bondage at slavery's peak in 1860 is that that word chattel that's how i would say i don't know what that means but in bondage chattel maybe uh and it's an old word in 1860 so like there's already more african-americans enslaved than there ever were slaves in in prison than ever there were slaves which is insane right oh definitely even not not just African Americans, Latino, even white people, just just the grand scheme right. of things. We have the United States has a big incarceration problem just right. in general. I have a which by the way, mm-hmm. uh people people think um that they don't try to uh like incarcerate white people. Actually nowadays uh, it's getting there. I want to. I want to bring up when they find a white guy that they can hit with a crime, they try to hammer him way harder because they want to reverse these stats. <laughs> yes, a, a stat they created. Now a they're stat trying that to. They created yeah, disproportionately uh, on purpose. One quote I had from the uh, from the wiki right here. A lot of this is from the wiki. Like this can, is. Can I just finish? Yeah, that yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I just. I just want to finish that. I. I just want people to know that um there was a time where being white protected you uh but it it's no more now they want to hammer you harder than ever as far as this is concerned as far as this is concerned uh, actually it's for any crime they're trying to they do they are trying to get more white people in prison now because they want to reverse this stat. The thing they fucked up. That they fucked up because mm-hmm. of their own racism. It's mm. ridiculous. It's, uh, it's insane. It's another level on their mm. uh, their own fuckery. Fucked up Yeah, fuckery. Uh, yeah, y- your thought. Oh, I, I just had this one quote. It'll be in the description. This is from the wiki. Mm-hmm. According to the latest available data... At the World Prison Brief on May 7th, 2023, the United States has the sixth highest incarceration rate in the world, 531 people per 100,000. If you just kind of think of how grateful grateful we are in this country and how, like, good this country is compared, you know, it's a perspective thing that we have a shitload of people locked up just in general. Right. Well, they've created a new slave system mm-hmm. through um, the jail, the prisons here. Mm-hmm. It's it's not good. 
That's that's something else we're gonna have to cover. We're gonna have to cover the um the yeah. prisons. And definitely I have some personal experience with this with family and uh Yeah, it, we do. It, it can be pretty fucking rough what they try to throw on you just for some simple drug charges, you know? But Oh yeah, they try to hammer you. Oh yeah. I have some friends and some family that have been done right pretty dirty, but we'll we'll leave that out. But we'll leave it out. You you can understand we where we got some uh, Breaking Bad relatives, <laughs> basically. Maybe a little bit. <laughs> yeah, it's um, yeah, I'm with you. It's tough, man. It's um, this this war on drugs, it does a lot more harm than good. In my it, opinion, we're gonna we're definitely gonna pan over, make it seem more clear, which I feel like it's already put pretty clear, but. We'll keep going here. We'll keep going. Yeah, we got um, we got facts on our side. Mm-hmm. Let me uh, finish this. Fuck yeah, we got some facts, man. Yeah, this one's a little personal for us. You mind get me a refill, Jake? I'm on it. I'm fucking on it. It's definitely a little personal for us. I feel like... Oh, you're showing them what we have? We're having Stella. Uh, Stella, we're down for a... Um... We're down for an endorsement. We like Stella. Yeah, Stella, you wanna you wanna hit us up? We have a delicious beer <laughs> that has nothing to do with the war on drugs. No, 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 no. Also, yeah, I'm down for another um, Stogie too. So, anyways, sorry for that for those of you on audio. Uh, I'm gonna read some more here. Give you some more facts. Um, during his time in office, Barack Obama implemented a tough but smart approach to the war on drugs. While he claimed that his method differed from those of previous presidencies, in reality, his practices were very similar. Unfortunately. Yeah. Um, I was with a lot of people that when Obama got in there, I was I was hoping he was going to bring some justice to this. I mean, that's the hope of any president in a lot of ways. It is, but, you know, being that he was African-American himself, we were hoping to see, we were really hoping to see, you know... Some progress on the war on on drugs. On this, yes, definitely, and also on the legalization of cannabis. Um, Both of them. We were hoping to see some progress, and we didn't. Um, He didn't really differ, and it's just a shame. Uh... Continuing the reading here, um, an international group called the Global Commission on Drug Policy, composed of former heads of state and government, released a report on June 2nd, 2011, stating that the global war on drugs has failed. The commission was made up of 22 self-appointed members, including a number of prominent international politicians and writers. U.S. Surgeon General Regina Benjamin also released the first-ever National Prevention Strategy, a framework for preventing drug abuse and promoting healthy, active lifestyles. Um, so, yeah. Uh, I think we covered that section pretty good already. Mm-hmm. But um, if you have any more comments on that, other than, uh, yeah, the, the war on drugs is a complete and utter failure. Oh, yeah. Um, the U.S. has dropped billions, possibly trillions of dollars on this, um, and it's gone nowhere. 
I mean, it, it's pretty self-explanatory. There's still a drug issue. Like, right. If anything, all we have done is we have propped up the Mexican cartel, in my opinion. Okay, so to get into that, I think that kind of delves into the idea of supply and demand to where they tried to address the supply of drugs but didn't really address the demand of them, whether it's a mental health thing, whether it's just a right. one for it, right. whether you know you take away overseas smuggling of drugs and then it starts to get made here. And when you address the smaller people that are making it here, then it comes from the border. And it's just a never-ending idea of it doesn't matter how expensive the drugs get, at least within reason, people are still going to buy them. I mean, if you're, hypothetically, if you're a Coke fiend and the prices go up, maybe you're going to buy a little less Coke, but you're still going to fucking buy it. You know, you're not going to buy less. <laughs> you're still you'll figure a way out. You'll steal more. Hey, like Joey Diaz says, fuck Einstein. Addicts get creative, man. Joey they Diaz get, is the goat. Yeah, they, they fucking get creative. You will. They will find a way to get what they want. But yeah, I mean, if you're an addict like that, yeah, you'll find a way. No, you're, you're going to find a fucking way. And it it's just it's crazy yeah, how they much have. Money They've propped up criminal organizations. It's just like when they had the prohibition on alcohol. Mm. They propped up uh, these criminal organizations who were running bootleg. Oh, exactly. Uh, moonshine, and, and then and it's then, how Al Capone got to power. exactly. Then speakeasies start coming through. I don't know if y'all know the yeah. And they were delivering yeah. it to the White House. Oh, oh, oh for you know? sure they were getting fucking and drunk. I, I hear now there was crack in the White House. <laughs> oh, the the cocaine or wasn't it cocaine? Oh, uh, maybe it was oh. Yeah. They they called yeah. it they called it cocaine. Uh it, they called <laughs> yeah. it cocaine cuz they're white. But yeah, they got they had coke. I'm gonna say, I want to say crack. They had crack in the White House. <laughs> Dude, uh, oh my god. Yeah. Haven't they still not found who It'll never be found. That's who, bullshit. Yeah. They know who it was. <laughs> they, de- they, yeah, dude. How many fucking cameras are in that place? But anyway, there's no yeah. way they did not know whose that was. I don't want to get too sidetracked, but there definitely yeah. is some weird shit going around. Where is the cameras? Where? Anyway, but anyways, it's in the White House. <laughs> yeah, it's everywhere, dude. It's in the White House, and we're ignoring that. Mm. We're ignoring it. We're ignoring the, you know, we had this war on drugs. We're ignoring it. Just like, uh, to me, I'm drawing a correlation here, to uh, the prohibition on alcohol. They had alcohol in the White House during the prohibition and ignored it. Yeah. Right now, we know for sure that there is drugs in the White House and we're ignoring it. Mm -hmm. People want to do drugs. Just, I mean, just let them. Exactly. I mean, obviously, there is the ground of like, if, if you're hurting someone else, it's different. But, right. I mean, if you're just doing it to yourself, I mean, who else are you fucking hurting, man? We're going to act like this tobacco isn't a drug. We're going to act like uh, this beer isn't exactly. a drug. It's a dr- it, They're you're all gonna drugs. You're going to act like when you wake up in the morning and you drink a cup of coffee, it's not a drug. That caffeine is affecting your brain. Dude. I love coffee. I can't start my day without it. Yeah. I, I just the majority drink black of Americans. Coffee. It's a drug. Mm-hmm. If you add sugar to it, that sugar is another drug. Mm-hmm. 
you, you know, we, sorry, I, I, maybe I'm getting too preachy here, but, um, we're a society that runs on drugs, you know? I mean, even if we go back to World War II, uh, the Nazis and the Jap, oh, like if, if we look at the Japanese kamikazes, a lot of those guys were fucking were they, strung out, man. Were the, were the kamikazes on meth? Yeah. Oh, dude, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I know the Nazis were. Yeah. Yeah, they were on meth. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you can you can fight longer. You don't have to eat as much. You can I, just fucking go. Yeah. Meth keeps you going. Mm-hmm. I think there's a a famous story about uh, Hitler being injected with liquid cocaine yeah and talking to stalin he talking his ear off yeah to keep him in the war. yeah dude he fucking talked stalin's ear off he was he was amphetamined up i can't imagine a liquid fueled coat uh, you know a liquid cocaine fueled hitler rant had to be insane i Dude, I, I would like to witness one, honestly. Dude, I I would witness, I would love to witness one, but there might be a few points during his ramble that I'm like, yo, I, I need a break. Oh, I, I <laughs> definitely, it, like, it had to be like, he had to just bulldoze oh, his yeah. view onto you to where you just agreed because he was so fucking insane. Just drugged the fuck up, man. I can't imagine that. That had to be crazy i mean just seeing the guy's speeches they're pretty intense Dude, man. he looks insane he, he does look insane anyway sorry guys for the side rant um let's stick to the topic all right we're on, on drugs drugs are bad don't do drugs <laughs> yes don't do okay. drugs kids so the next topic uh public support and opposition the war on drugs has been a contentious issue since its inception a poll on October 2nd, 2008 found that three in four Americans believed that the war on drugs was failing. 75%. That's a good stat right there. That is. Uh, the social consequences of the drug war have been widely criticized by such organizations as the American Civil Liberties Union as being racially biased against minorities and disproportionately responsible for the exploding United States prison population. According to a report commissioned by the Drug Policy Alliance and released in March 2006 by the Justice Policy Institution, America's drug-free zones are ineffective at keeping yes. youths away from drugs and instead create strong racial, racial disparities in the judicial system. In 2014, a Pew Research Center poll found more than 6 in 10 Americans state uh, that state uh, governments moving away from mandatory prison terms for drug law violations is a good thing, while 3 out of 10 Americans say these policy changes are a bad thing. Uh, this is a substantial shift from the same poll question since 2001. In 2014, a Pew Research Center poll found that 67% of Americans feel that a movement towards treatment for drugs like cocaine and heroin is better versus the 26% who feel that prosecution is the better route. 
So one, we got, yeah. One more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One yeah, more. Yeah. Uh, in 2018, uh, a Rasmussen Report poll found that less than 10% of Americans think that the war on drugs is being won, and that 75% found that Americans believe that America is not winning the war on drugs. So we got the majority thinking that the war on drugs is an L. We got a we got a small percentage thinking that prosecution and locking people up is the way to go. And then we got a small percentage that seemed to be kind of in the middle. Yeah, I mean, what what are we going to go to? A Puritan society? <laughs> um, yeah, are we all going to become Quakers or something? Like all okay. we have now is where we're classifying some drugs as not drugs. So that we can yeah, do that. Yeah. And then demonizing other drugs. Mm-hmm. Sorry, guys. I'm being very opinionated no, here. No, you're good. We have had some advancements over the years. More recently, obviously, we have more states state legalizing marijuana. We also have things like ketamine therapy that are popping up nowadays that can yeah. help people ketamine was which i did a ketamine mm-hmm. i don't know uh, if therapy it, yeah i don't want to put you on the spot here i i did a ketamine therapy because um i have suffered from major depression mm-hmm. and some other issues and and post-traumatic stress and things and i found it to be you got some good results i found it to be way more helpful than um in the past when I was younger, I had tried different antidepressants, mm-hmm. and I hated them, and I, I just went off of them and dealt with it on my own. The majority of my life, mm-hmm. I've dealt with it on my own. Mm-hmm. Trying to sum this up. I don't want to get too much to myself. Yeah. and um, I think it's interesting, though. Um, also, I have ADHD really bad. I tried... Um, uh, what's the drug? For Adderall? Adderall. I, I, tried a, I tried that for a while. I felt awesome. But I didn't take it for very long because I felt like it was just, I felt like I was just doing meth, honestly. Yeah. You feel kind of zombified um, in a way. It felt great. No, yeah. I didn't feel zombified. Okay. I it, felt it great. Like yeah. I I got more work done than ever, but it just didn't feel like it was sustainable long term, mm. natural. Didn't feel I, right. I didn't stay on it. I don't like feeling super, super drugged up a lot. I like more mild things. Mm-hmm. So I went off all those, but I tried the ketamine therapy. I'm a hundred percent advocate. I did that. Yeah, I haven't felt depression since. I felt like it really reprogrammed my brain in a way, yeah, um, that nothing else has. It really helped, and maybe that was with some of the other work I did on myself. Oh, for sure. During that time, for sure. Um, but yeah, I'm a I'm a big advocate for it. I I think it's awesome. No, ketamine's crazy because it's supposed to be just a straight up anesthetic, mm-hmm. but used in certain situations, it can be used as an anti-anxiety, antidepressant. And I think that's right. what's really crazy about drugs in general. I don't know if you've, I, I guess I should have dove into this and done a little uh-huh. more research, but different drugs affect people differently culturally. No, like, that's true too. Different drugs have different, uh, effectiveness in different cultures, like just the way you think I about feel it, the like way this you go applies and more it. to psychedelics. Oh, I mean, yes, but even ketamine, for example, and it does have psychedelic properties. But well, I would just say the thing about and and we will do an episode on psychedelics specifically. Oh, at fuck some yeah, point. we will. 
But the thing about psychedelics is, is if you go, if you take them with a certain intention, it has a different effect. So if you take, if you just want to drop acid and, and go to a concert up. and fuck yeah. around and get fucked up, you're not going to get anything out of that. But if you want to go into a dark room and you want to take yeah, psychedelics, if you prepare that setting and you are setting up a more shamanistic environment with mm-hmm. an intention and you're like, I want to face my inner demons and I want to become a better version of myself, mm-hmm. you will have a profound, just a better experience. It will be a spiritual religious experience that will change your life. Mm-hmm. There's just, it's amazing how how they react to your brain you know definitely yeah it's um it's a very interesting thing yeah intention is definitely a just big part in taking drugs in general and uh i feel like that is one of the things that the war on drugs has failed on is just straight up education in general that yes education is important definitely it needs to be unbiased education definitely be reefer madness it needs to be unbiased yes Um, because there is there is downsides to uh, to certain drugs there's huge down but there's upsides too you know what do hey do you want to get your concrete done do some adderall yes and you will pour that fucking mud quicker than (laughs) You think the Mexican crews aren't doing coke? I mean... I'm saying that unracially. I'm speaking as being part Mexican myself with... I have relative... I mean, I work in construction. I know a bunch of guys. You think you think guys aren't doing coke building that shit? Or just anything. Yeah, not... Yeah. Do you know how many people I know in construction that are doing Adderall? Adderall is a big problem in the construction industry, uh, me and Red here, we both work construction, and there is many people that we know, we know right. that. Which, sorry, to me, I don't view them that different. Yeah, I don't. Coke I don't. Adder- I really personally, don't. I don't give a fuck. Like a lot of those guys are very normal. They just they like to do or need that yeah. certain thing. And, and like I said, mm-hmm. I've done it. My I was prescribed it and did it myself. Yeah, and uh, I got a lot of work done, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got a lot of work done. Yeah, there there is definitely. Uh, there's and, definitely there's benefits. Yeah, and I want to go back to kratom. I referenced it on the on our last episode, Reefer Madness. Kratom is a good kratom. It's a good one. It's kratom, legal one in like third world countries. All a lot of it. A lot of those guys have hard days. They work hard, and kratom was just something to make their day just a little bit easier. And it was right. illegal in the United States for a long time up until which is more amazing because yeah. it's a very mild it's very thing. Mild. It doesn't um. There's no crazy effects on that. Oh, uh, no, it doesn't get you fucked up. You, yeah, you do not get any type of intoxicated yeah. on kratom. Yeah, it was, uh, it was the the sole purpose was just to make your day just a little bit easier. No, those those hard ten hour days in the factories that these these very hardworking people are working, they just take it to make their day a little easier, right? And, and they um, fucking get rid of it here. Yeah, it's, it's you know, but, it, but it's legal now. Yeah, it is legal now. Uh, it, it is, is legal, legal now. now. Yeah. You know, it, there, there's just definitely a bunch of problems just in general with big pharma and Agreed. just profits in general that, hey, this thing is not that bad for you and it works pretty good. We need to get fucking rid of it is yeah. almost their mindset. I, I, I think you touched on a huge problem here, and it's big pharma. Defin- definitely. It's big pharma. If um, these things, 
they want these illegals so that they can make a designer drug that does the same thing that they can prescribe and sell to you. Exactly. Today, they yeah. want to make crack and meth and cocaine illegal. And yeah. And then they want to prescribe you Adderall that does the same thing. Exactly. It's, it's just a pure form. That's all it is. Yeah. They're uh, all amphetamines. Um, uh, there's definitely a. Big, and the same with yeah. opium. Opium oh, it's the same way. They want to make they want to make heroin and poppy uh, totally illegal, and then every uh, pain, every painkiller that they prescribe you is this is derived from the same exactly things. exactly. Uh, they just need to make the molecule one they can copyright that they can sell. You. Exactly nowadays, fentanyl or fentanyl, however you would like to pronounce oh, it. Oh, fentanyl is a terrible uh, it, one. It's a really big issue nowadays, and I believe fentanyl originally was created as a non-addictive, non-addictive so painkiller, and it's a derivative of, uh, I believe, heroin or Oxycontin. It, 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 it's going to I have- think fentanyl, um, I think your body develops it. I don't think you can be allergic to fentanyl. Oh, okay. Interesting. It okay. was supposed to be a replacement for morphine when it came Mor- out. Morphine. That's I, what I, I think, was thinking. Yes. I, I hope I'm not talking. I believe. I believe it was morphine um, or, or heroin. It was built as an alternative, a safer, non-addictive version of those substances. And yeah, obviously, non-addictive. Whatever. Obviously, it's going to be fucking addictive. But which that's another thing. They skew those studies to say things are non-addictive that are addictive because they want to push them out there. Definitely. That's a whole nother topic. But back to the war on drugs. Sorry, guys, for our rants. No, I think I think these hope are you good enjoyed rants. Them. Yeah, I hope they enjoyed them. I think these are good rants, man. Uh, so I'm the this goes uh, this actually goes well into the next section I have, which is okay. alternatives. Um, several authors believe that the United States federal and state governments have chosen wrong methods for combating and, distri- and distribution of illicit substances. Aggressive, heavy-handed enforcement funnel funnels individuals through courts and prisons instead of treating the cause of addiction the force of government efforts has been on punishment by making drugs illegal rather than regulating them the war on drugs creates a highly profitable black market jefferson fish has edited scholarly collections of articles offering a wide variety of public health based and rights-based alternative drug policies. In the year 2000, the United States drug control budget reached $18.4 billion, nearly half of which was spent financing law enforcement, while only one-sixth was spent on treatment. In the year 2003, 53% of the requested drug control budget was for enforcement. 29% for treatment and 18% for prevention. The state of New York in particular designated 17% of its budget towards substance abuse-related spending. Of that, a mere 1% was put towards prevention, treatment, and research. In a survey taken by Substance Abuse and Mental Health services administration it was found that substance abusers that remain in treatment longer are less likely to resume their former drug habits who would have thought no shit um of the people that were studied 66 percent were cocaine users 
after experiencing long-term inpatient treatment, only 22% returned to the use of cocaine. Treatment had reduced the number of cocaine abusers by two-thirds. By spending the majority of its money on law enforcement, the federal government has underestimated the value of drug treatment facilities and their benefit towards reducing the number of addicts in the U.S., Yeah, which to me should be a no-brainer. Yeah, they said, what, 53%, over half was spent on enforcement, which is just... No, it was way more than that, wasn't it? Oh, I thought they said 53%. I, I must be... Oh, you're right. 53%. Still over half. That's that's pretty fucking sad, man. Yeah, but I think in most states, it's not that way. It's even more towards It's even more. I I could see that. I could definitely see that. It's sad. So in short, um, the war on drugs is a failure. Mm -hmm. Um, If we spent more money on treatment we would have a much higher um, rate of just of just a success. Exactly. Uh, success. Um, if you want to fight the war on drugs, we need better treatment. Definitely. Uh, I guess I'll segue on to some more recent mm-hmm. events. This, this was one that, that was recent. This is the Marijuana Opportunity Reinvestment <coughs> and Expungement Act. Mm. So the goal of this, this is under the Biden administration, it is to decriminalize and deschedule cannabis to provide for reinvestment in certain persons adversely impacted by the war on drugs, to provide for expungement of certain cannabis offenses and for other purposes. What I take from that is getting people out of prison and jail for just small weed crimes. It was okay. passed by the House of Reps on April 1st, 2022, but it didn't get any further than that. Uh, cannabis still remains a Schedule One drug under the con- under the Controlled Substances Act, which right. is very sad. Very sad. So they got close, but no they didn't cigar. get fucking close enough. Yeah, keep smoking your, your good old nicotine. Right. Uh, one other thing I wanted to add, because to me... When I was researching this, I just thought instantly stop and frisk. Stop and frisk was... Yes. I'm going to get into real quick. The stop and frisk program in New York City is a New York City police department practice of temporarily detaining, questioning, and at times searching civilians, which what I... That's what I kind of think of. And Mm -hmm. uh, they're searching civilians and suspects on the streets for weapons and other contraband. There is definitely some race, some racial profiling that has gone down. And on top of that, a large sum of people who were stopped were innocent. I'm going to tell you all a 2017 statistic real quick. 90% of those who, stop, who were stopped in 2017 were African-American or Latino, mostly ages 14 to 24. Mm-hmm. Of those 90%, 70% of them who were stopped were later found to be innocent. So I segue this back to kind of the racial problem with the war on drugs. Yes. And also, why should you be able to stop me or someone else who was looking sketchy and you can just search us? Like, yeah, that 
that seems like an infringement on our rights. on the Constitution. Yes, I agree. I personally think it's a load of horseshit. One hundred percent. I did see the statistics of the people who are being stopped and frisked, and they have gone down a fuckload in the past couple years. But That's good. It does still happen, and disproportionately amongst minorities. Yes, ex- especially and uh, especially it's. It's pretty disheartening to think about. Oh, extremely. Whether you're a colored person or not, it's fucking... It shouldn't matter. It shouldn't... Exactly. It It should not matter at all. all. It's ridiculous. Um, I did want to do a little point on Switzerland because they have taken almost the opposite Yeah. as far as our way of going on war on drugs. So here we go real quick. The core of the Swiss drug policy is based on health promotion, prevention, therapy, and harm reduction. The right to free choice of treatment is respected, and compulsory treatment for people who use drugs does not exist in Switzerland for adults as well as minors. Okay. So they have essentially decriminalized drugs to a big extent there. Mm-hmm. To where you can bring your package or whatever you got and get it tested. You can get clean needles there. And as far as I know, you know, you have your own opinion. If you think that's a little much, I get it. But they have experienced some pretty good results from doing this. A lot of people who would do drugs are not doing drugs. Or the people that are, at least they're doing it safely now. That's interesting. You know... There, there's no way to stop it, but if you can at least, I think if anything, uh, that goes along um, with yeah. the data they found and the exactly. surveys I was talking about earlier that, um, you know, treatment is is better, right? It, it, definitely, and good treatment in that. And hey, if someone's gonna do it, at least they'll do something safe, mm-hmm. I guess, and they're not gonna OD. Um, yeah, so. I guess in short, uh, the war on drugs is Has a complete failure. Fucking failed. All it's done is funneled more money out of from the taxpayers. It, I and feel it, like and it's and put a bunch of people in jail who shouldn't be there. Not even mostly minorities. Not even just funneled money into the taxpayers. It's funneled money into the cartel. No, to the car- from the taxpayers. Uh, I'm saying to the cartel. It's yeah. funneled money from the taxpayer to yes. the cartel. It's to- funneled a lot. Yes, it has definitely empowered the cartels in Mexico. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's it's insane. Uh, it's a huge mess. Definitely, it. The war on drugs has failed, and that's about all y'all got for me. You got any, any other last notes you want to add in red? That's all I got. And I, I feel like I've, we've made our comments as mm-hmm. we've went and yeah. Um, I hope to see things, um, change in the future. I Definitely. Guess. And for audio listeners out there, I apologize. I dropped the bottle opener and made a little sound. I didn't even hear that. <laughs> I didn't even hear it. I don't, though. I don't know if it popped up on the mic, but I, I was don't trying think to pop up. It, I was trying to pop open a couple more beers. I think you're too self-conscious. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. If they listen to my terrible voice. They don't care. Oh man. <laughs> no. You're doing good out here, Red. Anyways, this we is, thank you yeah. guys for listening. Thank um, you. Check out the merch store. And we, we'd we love to hear some comments. Drop some comments. Let us know what you guys yeah. think. And if we missed anything, uh, we 
we do love to find more information oh, about things. We definitely did miss some things. It, it's a dense topic, but yeah, we always try to condense topics. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, we got pretty opinionated, uh, but uh, that's how we feel. So, hey, thanks for listening, guys. I'm Red. This is Jake. Till next time. See ya.